Hello and welcome to our seventh episode of It's All White, our Fulham Football Club podcast. My name is Robert Warlow. I'm joined here today by our Fulham reporter, Ryan O'Donovan. Hello, Rob. Hello, Ryan. And also our Queen's Park Rangers digital club writer, Phil Spencer. Hi, Phil. Hello, Rob. So, Ryan, we'll, uh, we'll talk first about Saturday's game. Um, Fulham are back in action after the international break. Uh, a 1-1 draw with Derby County. You were there. What, what was the game like? Uh, it was much improved from Fulham. We remember talking about that Wolves game where it was basically a training game for the league leaders, but it looked like Fulham had gone away over the international break and had, had worked on bits and pieces. And Ojekanovic told me that they didn't have a full squad over the break, which was annoying for him. And they'd only had two days to work on as a full squad with everyone back from training. But with the limited time they had as a squad, they looked a lot better. They looked they looked better defensively. They looked better going forward. It was just a better all-round display. I know they still didn't get a win, which they would have wanted. But you compare it to that Wolves game, and Wolves, just there was no energy in the side. There was, there was nothing. The team lacked spirit. There was, there was no nothing going forward. In this game, you know, you had Tom Kearney come back. He looked He looked fit, which is good. And he just looked like he wanted to get the team going a bit and, you know, he was that forward presence again that he's been for a lot of last season. They just looked that little bit better. They'll be disappointed that they conceded the goal. You know, I think it was Derby's only real chance on target and Vidra's stuck it in the back of the net. I think that's 13-odd games now without a clean sheet for the Fulham side. So they'll be disappointed with that and disappointed they didn't get all three points. You know, they had two stonewall penalties turned down. I think Fulham will probably feel they should have got the three points from that game. But there's a lot of positives to take from it. You know, he's, yeah, it's still six games without a win. But going into Tuesday night, they needed some sort of result on Saturday. And, and they got a point at least. And against the Derby side, who, yes, are a bit hit and miss. But, you know, they are seventh in the league. They're, not, they're no pushovers. They're not. You know, I didn't really see anything about them that would make me think, yeah, they're going to finish in the playoffs. You know, there wasn't really that much. They're, they're a good side, but... I thought Fulham were the better side and they, they should have won that game. But, you know, when a team's lacking the confidence that Fulham are at the moment, it's hard to kill games off. And it was that case again on Saturday. They looked good, they looked better, but there's still nothing in that final third that makes me think, yeah, they're going to start scoring goals anytime soon. The goal came from a set piece from Ollie Norwood. Scott Carson probably should have done better and saved it, in, in all honesty. But they got that goal. But again, final third, it's just there's, there's nothing there. There's nothing clicking. You know, Luca De La Torre, when he came on, the young American lad, he looked a lot better in between the lines. You know, he looked like he was going to make something happen in that final third. And Fulham had been lacking that quite a bit. Rui Font again in the first stuff. You know, there was not, there was nothing about him. He's still not, not quite clicking, clicking yet. And you know, he didn't look dangerous. And he was subbed off on the on the hour mark without really threatening Derby too much. But you know, something's got to give sooner or later. You know, they can't keep going on the way they're going, not creating things in the final third. I think there was a, a stat on Sky before the game that Fulham are the worst team in the championship for passes into the final third. And that's just not good enough for a side that scored goals so regularly like they did last season. I guess the frustration must be it's another home game without a win, you know, having taken the lead and being pegged back again. You know, I mean, it's happened all too often, hasn't it, for Fulham? Yeah, it has done, and it's a concern, and it needs to be stamped out soon. You know, one home win all season isn't good enough. We're in the middle of November now. Mm. You know, we're looking at at some of the games they've played, and they should be winning. You know, they've had late goals against Cardiff, against Middlesbrough. You went two 0 down against Preston, come back. You, you you score a last minute goal against Bolton. You have the Derby game where you take the lead, and within five minutes of the second half starting, you're one, you're drawing one all again. So it's it's definitely concerning and it's definitely something that needs to be 
stamped out if they still want to have aspirations of getting into that playoff places. I suppose that, you know, given we've spoken before about the congested nature of the championship, I mean, they are still only six points off the playoffs, which, you know, seems incredible given the run they have had. Yeah, I think we've mentioned it last week and the week before, and whenever we talk about the championship, like, things can change so quickly. And you do look at Fulham without a win in six games, and they're still only six points off the championship playoff place, and you're thinking, how the hell has that happened? Mm. But it's the situation they find themselves in. So, you know, they've got that safety net at the moment. Although they're not playing badly, they're still within touching distance of those playoffs. It's a lot to ask now going forward to get themselves out of this rut and to get themselves into the playoff places. But, you know, the, the team have that safety net knowing that they're still within touching distance, even though they have not played well for the last month and a half. Mm. I mean, yeah, as you say, the, there are positive still to take from the performance though and I guess you know what, what was the, the mood like when you spoke to Djokanovic and you know, players afterwards um, I think they were they were pleased with aspects of the game you know I spoke to Floyd Aite after the game and he's, he's he's praising the team's spirit and said that the spirit is there but it's just mistakes they're making and they're paying a heavy price for it and that seems to be a recurring factor at the moment but you know Aize said there's positives to take from it. I think Jukanovic is the same. He he brewed the defensive mistake that let their goal in. So, yeah, there's there's optimism around the club. And I think at the moment there's a bit more optimism as well because of the young lads that Jukanovic played on Saturday. He played in Theo Eden, who's in England on the 20 international. He's training with the first team over the international break, the England first team. And you've got Luca Della Torre, who came on and was really, really good in between the lines. So... I think you look at those kind of players and you know that Fulham, you know, they're, they're quite famous for bringing in youth and playing youth. You look at Ryan Sessegnon, he's played a number of games at left back and he's only 17. So they know they're going to have these youth players coming through and it's pleasing to see them get put in against such an experienced championship side and play as well as they did. I don't think Eden looked out of place whatsoever in that side on Saturday. And I think if he's dropped for the game against Sheffield United, you know, he can feel a bit hard done by and Della Torre, he came on and did more than Font did all season in his half an hour stint. So I think, although they didn't win, fans will be looking at him thinking, OK, yeah, you know, we didn't win. We didn't play badly, though, like we did against Wolves. So something about us. And we've got a good few youngsters coming through that can actually make the grade. You know, Steven Sessegnon was on the bench and Matthias Kite was as well. And Kite's been scoring goals for the Estonian national team, all internationals for the last year or whatever. So it's there you know they've they've got youth coming through there obviously it then asked the questions about these summer signings that came in you know Johan Molo and Jordan Graham Marcelo Jallo they were all training at Motspur on Saturday morning and not even making the matchday squad so it leaves questions about you know why why would they sign if they're not if the, if the manager doesn't think they're good enough and they're playing youth over it but when the youth's that good you're, you're not going to ask you're not going to care too much Bring and Phil at this point Phil I mean you know I think everyone, like, like Ryan said, will, will know that Fulham have got that history of bringing, you know, bringing through players at a, at a younger age. I mean, it, that is important for, for any club, isn't it? You know, championship level or higher or lower. I mean, you, you want to be bringing club players through, you know, particularly if they're sort of local as well. It, it always you know helps with the fans and have that affinity with the player. Absolutely, yeah. I think in terms of how it um, how it works at the football club, it's nothing against the the guys who have been brought in over the summer. It's not really anything about 
what they're not bringing to the table. But um, they, these youngsters have come through. They're, they're, they'll be so keen to impress. They know what the club's about. They've come through the academy system or they've been brought in um, at some point previous to that. So they understand the club. But they're also they're trying to make their way in the game as well. So they're wanting to go out there and they're wanting to make an impression. And so they're going to be going out there like filled with passion, filled with confidence. Because let's face it, players at that age, they are fearless. They don't really... There's almost like a naivety about it, but a, a nice naivety in that they don't understand the, the amount of pressure that they're, they're under to perform week in, week out. But that works in their favour because they go out there and they just play with freedom. And uh, I think, yeah, I think players who are coming through the academy, they just, they, it, it could be the way forward to go to, uh, to get that kind of freedom in the performance if that is what's lacking. But ultimately, I'm just looking here. Is it, is it right that they haven't won since the, uh, the game against QPR at the end of September? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like two months without a win. So... I mean that that can't be good for confidence. So saying that they're not being great in the final third, but if you if you haven't won for two months and that's over two international breaks as well, it's uh, almost like it didn't take a rocket scientist to uh, to understand why confidence isn't there in the camp. It's interesting because before that international break, they'd won three, mm. four in a row, and then they come out of that international break. You know they've got full of confidence, mm-hmm. and they go on this losing run or winless run, if you want. So it's interesting that a team could go from that one extreme of being able to. To win games, grind out results like they did against QPR, like we saw that night. You know, they weathered a storm in that last mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Yeah. To go to a team that I saw at Wolves that was so lax, that just didn't have anything about them in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. So, you know, it's interesting to see a team do that in such a short space of time. How important, though, do you think the you know return to, to fitness, if you know, we hope that he does stay fit, but Tom Kearney, having him back in the side, you know, that's a big boost for the club. It's massive. You know, it's the biggest boost they could hope for is having a fully fit Tom Kearney in the side it, it's clear to just what the club think of him not just the management but the players as well you know players look up to him he's the captain he's not the most vocal on the pitch and he's not someone you expect in the dressing room to to be geeing him up and to be going around talking to someone that's someone like Kevin McDonald you'd think of that but it's clear that when he's on the pitch the team look to him to inspire them to do something so having him back is absolutely massive and he has that creative sparked him you know he sees things that other players playing in that position don't necessarily see we saw against Bolton he wasn't fully fit but he's ball through to Aite who was wrongly called offside when he put the ball in the back of the net other players don't see something like that and again on Saturday everything went through him he wanted to dictate play he wanted to get on the ball and it's just little things you see Tom Kearney doing you know where he's got his back to goal and one of the derby mid attackers would come on to him and he just like swerve his way out of his way and off through the middle of the park he'd go without looking like he was under any stress or it, it looked like he was on you know in a park playing with his little brother it, it's that coolness about him that he brings to the side and it has been missing you know you can't underestimate how much of a miss Tom Kearney was for him and to see him back and Jakanovic told me that he's fully fit and his problem should be behind him now so hopefully from now on in we'll see a fully Tom fit Tom Kearney every week and that should add a little bit of difference to that Fulham side what have you noticed, Phil, with Tom Kearney? You know, from from seeing Fulham last season and you know this season now. I mean, do you think he is, you know, the main man, the key factor for them to try and turn things around? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's a hundred percent the the main man. I don't think there's any two ways about it that he is the uh, the best and the most important player at Fulham. I think obviously he's had his his injury problems uh, so far this season, but he's he's come into the team and as Ryan said, he's the kind of player who who will look to make something happen. He's just um, he's a naturally confident player, and as I was mentioning, if the team is struggling with confidence, having someone in there who's maybe hasn't featured as regularly in the team that's been struggling. 
players who are playing around him are saying, oh, he's trying passes like that. Why, should, why shouldn't I try passes like that as well? And it just kind of lifts everyone as well. Um, and especially with, with youngsters coming through as well. It's, it can only be inspiring to see someone playing with, with that kind of confidence. And hopefully that rubs off on, on everyone else in the team as well in the coming weeks. So, Ryan, do you think that it will take you know, perhaps a, an ugly win or you know, a lucky win to, to try and you know, get some of that confidence back? Because, I mean, it, we've seen, as you, as you said, you know, from when back in September when Fulham were going well and then all of a sudden it's changed and they, have, they can't, find, you know, can't buy a win. So do you think it might take a, you know, a lucky 1-0 or something to, to, to turn things? Yeah, it, it might do. But with the way Fulham play, you know, it, it's hard to have that scrappy... 1-0 win for Fulham because they always look to dominate the ball even when they were like 2-0 down against Wolves although they weren't doing anything with it they still had all the possession and they were still trying to play the football that Jukanovic wants them to play so like I, th- I think everyone would love to see a scrappy 1-0 win where they've you know hit him on the break scored the goal and defended like their lives depended on it and got the win that might give them confidence but that's just not how Fulham do things mm. even you go to Villa you go 1-0 down in front of you know 30,000 Aston Villa fans and they're still keeping the ball. They're not rushing things. They're not trying to get it forward too quickly. They're playing the Fulham way. So, yeah, you'd want them to win in any means possible. But I don't think it's their kind of style to do it. If When the next win comes, it's going to be playing like Fulham play. And it's going to be, you know, a Fulham win like we all expect it to be. Mm. Obviously, they've got Sheffield United as the next game. I mean, that's not going to be easy. Sheffield United are going well. You know, They've carried on that momentum from promotion and... You know, are looking contenders again this year. Yeah, I think I think I'm, I'd be fair in saying that they're a bit of a surprise package this year. I don't think anyone expected them to come up from League One. I mean, they're a huge club, but I don't think anyone expected them to come up and be in the automatic promotion place from the Premier League the next season. But they've done a fantastic job up there. And whereas at the start of the season, you'd be looking at Sheffield United away as thinking, yeah, we can get something here. Now you look at going to Sheffield United away and you're thinking, oh Jesus, here here we go. Like this could be. This is going to be a tough test, and I think at the moment it it is it it couldn't get any harder than Sheffield United away on a Tuesday night. You know, Bramble Lane, Sheffield United fans are going to create some atmosphere. They would anyway, even if they weren't at the top of the division. But you know, the, the fact that they're up there, they're playing good football, they're winning games, they're scoring goals. It's going to be so difficult for Fulham, who can't buy or win at the moment. So yeah, it's a massive test on Tuesday night. <laughs> It's the type of game, you know, it's, it'd be the most Fulhamish thing possible that Fulham got up there and beat them 3-0. It'd be com- completely Fulham that they play them off the park, but it could go the other way. And, you know, with the Fulham's defensive lapses at the moment, you could see Sheffield United scoring a few as well. Phil, you've seen Sheffield United fairly recently, haven't you? Mm-hmm. QPR won that, that game, so they are beatable. They are beatable. Um, I mean, obviously QPR have uh, petered off a little bit since mm. then, so I don't know if there's some kind of uh, jinx in there. But I, I think um, I think Sheffield United they'll they'll just look to make things as, as difficult as possible, particularly at, at Bramall Lane. They will they will try and suffocate Fulham. They'll try and stop them playing up there as well, and uh, just try and get the crowd on side early and um, try and like see that one out. So I think it will be it will be a bit of a grind when um, when Fulham when Fulham go up there but um, I mean yeah it's, it's just that kind of thing where if, if they can get that victory even if it's uh, an own goal or uh, a penalty or what, whatever it needs to be to uh, to get that victory and then and then after that Fulham have got they've got Millwall at home and then they've got Brentford the week after so um, 
go, go unbeaten in those three games, pick up a win against either Millwall or preferably Brentford, as I'm sure a lot of uh, Fulham fans will be saying. And uh, the, the atmosphere at, at Craven Cottage is just uh, a lot different after that happens. Let's not mention penalties and banning that word from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, though, like you say, it, it will just take one, you know, one result. Things can change that quickly, can't they? And then, who knows, with the, the amount of games that are coming up, if Fulham go on a good run, then all of a sudden it looks completely different, doesn't it? Yeah, well, Fulham have it in them to go on a good run. They've got the same players from last year. I keep saying it, but the same players are there. You know, OK, yeah, they didn't add a defender like Djukanovic wanted and they didn't add the striker Djukanovic wanted and that could change in January it's still going to be interesting to see how what the transfer policy is in January with Craig Klein leaving but that's a completely whole different topic but the team you know most of the team from last season is still there he's shopping and changing and trying to find a solution to the defensive issues yes but you know once they have that midfield free of Stefan Johansson fully fit Kevin, Kevin McDonald not suspended and Tom Kearney fully fit those three players were so key last season once you have them firing on full, all, full, all cylinders you know the team are going to continue to do the same thing it's just about finding the right pieces up front left back you know to keep, to keep the side ticking along and playing like they can Do you think I know you said earlier that the international break you could see the work that had been done in a sense and is it almost the wrong time to have so many games in such a short space of time I think it's the best time because there's nothing like you know the experience there's nothing like actually doing it you can practice all you want but it's getting out there and doing it and with the games coming thick and fast now over the Christmas period if they lose tonight uh, on Tuesday night it, it, it's, it's bad but then they can go again on Saturday and try and put it right and if they lose that they've got another game just on the horizon so although you know it could go, a winless run could go on for a while it's not like they've got to wait ages for it to get put right they can go have another go three days down the line and eventually they have to win one game they can't go the rest of the season not winning another game I think, I think the benefits to that is the fact that when the games are coming that quickly you don't have time to think about it mm. if they if they lose another game they don't have that much time to breathe before they're playing Millwall again on Saturday so it's not like oh my god we, we still haven't won they, they don't have time to think about it because as soon as they're back from the game up in Sheffield they're going to be preparing for Millwall mm-hmm. and it keeps going like that so from a mental point of view it's, they're going to have a a much more clear mind going into those matches because it's just it's just going to be boom 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 like fixtures and then hopefully they should be able to uh, to pick up a victory because it is it is a confidence thing and so the psychological side of it is important and so if they can just just get on with it just get out there and just play the natural game that they've been that they've been trained to do then you'd think that those results would be coming in the coming weeks and I guess for, for Fulham fans it'd be nice to see something uh, a victory at home yeah it's you know the only victories at home this season has been against Hull, and it's it's frustrating because you know you expect your home form to be better than your away form. You know that's it, it doesn't always work out like that. I think last season Fulham's away form was better, but only marginally. But this season their home form's just been torrid, and I, I guess it's a, in a sense it's teams are coming to the cottage and setting up to frustrate Fulham and to make them play, and Fulham have been s- slow to deal with that. But at the same time, you know you want to excite your home fans and Fulham haven't been doing that I mentioned the attacking third again there's just nothing there that excites Fulham they build up from the back great they get through midfield great it's that final third where they're passing they go out to the right wing nothing really happens they come back they go out to the left nothing happens there's nothing there's nothing there that, that's going to excite fans at the moment and that's that needs to be solved and you know we, we talk about Millwall being the next home game that's another game that 
ordinarily you'd say Fulham be favourites for and they probably still will be although perhaps short you know the, the odds won't be heavily in their favour given the form at, at Craven Cottage yeah I mean if you asked at the start of the season Millwall at home in November what do you reckon you'd say yeah comprehensive Fulham win but now at the moment you're not so sure and you know how Millwall are going to come and set up at the cottage I saw them at QPR a few months ago and they looked to you know like Phil said they looked to suffocate they looked to get in your faces and stuff like that and that's the type of football that works against Fulham at the moment but if they manage to find a way around there if if they get in the face if Millwall get in the faces of Fulham it's going to like, it's going to create space and if you've got someone like Tom Kearney he's going to exploit that space so although they'll look to suffocate and stuff like that if they pressure them too high up the pitch or whatever they're going to have space to exploit and you'd back Tom Kearney to, to, to use that space to his advantage. Well, hopefully, for uh, Fulham fans' sake, there will be something to cheer this week uh, in terms of a victory. So, Ryan will be at Sheffield United and uh, at the Cottage again on Saturday um, to bring you all the latest news. So it'll be all on getwestlondon.co.uk. Thank you for joining us for our seventh episode of It's All White here. We'll be back next week with our eighth. Mm-hmm.